Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. So this episode, I am chatting with my friend, Rachel Gregory. And if you don't know Rachel, she is from killinitketo.com or killinitketo on Instagram. She is the author of the 21-Day Ketogenic Diet Weight Loss Challenge book. And we talk about the book a little bit in this episode. She talks about the title of it and you kind of hear more about what goes on when you write a book and how you don't always have control over the title. But Rachel is a board-certified nutrition specialist. She's a strength and conditioning coach, athletic trainer, and she actually was in the whole keto space far before most other people were. She actually completed the first ever human clinical trial that looked at the effects of the ketogenic diet in CrossFit athletes, which has been published in the International Journal of Sports and Exercise Medicine. And she's presented her research at a bunch of different national conferences, and she works really closely with different doctors and scientists that specialize in the ketogenic lifestyle. And she got into this years ago in school from a research perspective and focused on the application of keto for weight loss, performance, and health. And then she read her book and now keto has exploded. And I feel like recently I've had quite a few people in the keto space on the podcast, but keto is the hot topic right now. Everyone's talking about it. My random family friends are doing it. Um, And I think it's interesting for a lot of us who have sort of been doing keto for a longer period of time and we're kind of just like eye roll at all these random people but Rachel's an OG and I mean part of what this podcast is is bringing on people who are relevant and talking about topics that are relevant and keto has been super relevant so all these different perspectives I'm bringing on I hope it helps you see that there are different ways to do quote the same way of eating. It's all about adjusting things to your life, your preferences. And Rachel talks a lot about sort of the evolution of how she's eaten and the different experiments she's tried on herself. But it's interesting because she is somebody who sort of has a label in her business name. And so we kind of wanted to talk about, like, what do you do if that happens? And does that mean she has to only talk about keto forever? And I think that's something that a lot of people question when they're um, thinking about business. And if you do or don't want to tie yourself into paleo, vegan, keto, high carb, whatever. 
But anyways, Rachel and I became friends when I moved to San Diego. She lives really close to me, so we hit it off pretty quickly. And I just love her. love her personality. She is so down to earth and also just a realist. Like, she's a normal person, <laughs> which I love and just love hanging out with her. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Rachel Gregory. If you don't follow her already, make sure you follow her. She has some really great recipes. And I've talked about a little bit before, she just recently released a program with the Vega family called Killing It Fat Fueled, which is a program all about transitioning your family to a high-fat, low-carb lifestyle. So a great resource for people who are trying to figure out kind of how to bring their kids into the mix. They cover nutrition and fitness and easy swaps, a whole recipe ebook. And a lot of tips and tricks for raising healthy eaters. So if you're interested in that, you can go to bit.ly slash K-I-F-F-C-R-W. And my discount code CRW will actually get you 10% off of that program if you're interested. So make sure you head there. I'll put all of that in the show notes as well. So you can just head there if you want to check out the program. Before I hop into this episode, though, I do want to chat with you about this episode's sponsor, one of my all-time favorite products, and a product that I use every single day, Clear Stem Skin Care. I actually just got my bottle refilled yesterday as I record this because I was with my good friend, Kaylee Clark, who is one of the co-founders of Clear Stem, and she just fills those bottles right in her house, so I got to see some behind-the-scenes action. But if you haven't already tried or heard of Clear Stem, it is a lightweight serum that is both an anti-acne and anti-aging serum. It is holistic skincare, completely non-toxic, that's designed by acne specialists. And this product really works because they combine both Western and Eastern medicine to make a product that's not only safe, non-toxic, but also highly effective. There are a lot of benefits of using this product. A few is that it helps to calm the skin down and calm down any inflamed breakouts or redness. So it's going to reduce that redness and any inflammation. It also has antibacterial properties. It helps to stimulate collagen, helps to brighten the skin, even out discoloration, increase hydration, and even helps to block excess oil production. This product helps with a few things. So first of all, it can help treat active acne. It can help prevent acne from coming when you use it regularly. It can also help reduce the appearance of scarring. So if you have any acne scars, it also helps with other types of scarring as well. I've put it on other parts of my body. And then in terms of anti-aging, it really helps to boost the collagen production in your skin. It can help to reduce the look of fine lines and wrinkles, any type of discoloration. So age spots, dark spots, red spots, all of those can go away over time. It even helps with sunburns, which is awesome. So you can put it on your sunburn and it's very soothing and cooling. I also love it because it evens out the oil production in your skin. So if you have oily skin, it will help tone that down a bit. If your skin is super dry, it will also provide hydration. So I love this because it's really hydrating without making your skin oily. I have combo to oily skin and I'm very, very picky about the products I use because if something's going to moisturize my skin, I want to make sure it doesn't make me even more oily. And this evens out my skin beautifully. If I don't use this, I notice that my skin starts getting so oily and I don't like that. The way it works is that Clearstem actually balances out the hormones in the skin and the hair follicle 
by containing adaptogens that are going to help your skin stay even, balanced, and calm, hence reducing inflammation. And with regular use, a lot of women report that their monthly PMS breakouts are visibly reduced and any active acne and scabs in general will heal about three times faster and dark spots are going to fade a lot more quickly thanks to the bioavailable collagen stem cells in the product. I apply this after I've washed my face. It's dry. I apply a thin layer. You don't need much. A bottle will last you a long time. Trust me, you do not need much to cover your whole face. You just shake up the bottle, put a little bit on your finger, and then spread it over your face, and then wait a little bit. It'll soak in pretty quickly, and then once it's soaked in, you can go ahead and add on any other skincare that you use. And also works really well under makeup, so you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to overhaul your whole skincare line. It's an amazing product, and I've loved hearing the testimonials from you guys. I have seen it help to reduce my acne scars and red spots and help my any active acne that pops up because I don't really break out that often, but sometimes I do if I eat something that I shouldn't, and my acne goes away so much more quickly when I use this regularly, which I always do. I always use it every night and then I use it about every other morning or so, but they also have incredible testimonials on Amazon, on their website. So make sure you go and check those out. And they also have a really helpful list of pore clogging ingredients on their website. So if you go to clearstemskincare.com, you can look up that list of pore clogging ingredients to compare any skincare or makeup you're currently using with that list to see if one of the products you're using is actually the culprit for your acne. But whether you struggle with acne or just want to prevent or eliminate the signs of aging, this is for you, which basically means everyone could benefit from this. I think all of us who are in the wellness space know about the power of collagen by now and the collagen stem cells in this product that help to reverse scarring, that help to smooth and plump the skin. They are incredible. So if you want to try out ClearStem, go to clearstemskincare.com and you can use my discount code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for $15 off. So again, clearstemskincare.com. Use that discount code wellness and that will get you $15 off. And make sure you let me know what you think after you've given this product a shot. All right, so let's go ahead and hop into this conversation with Rachel Gregory. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. It's just kind of a laid back chat. We're friends, but I'm also kind of interrogating her for fun, but we are good friends. I love her and make sure you send her some love too after you listen to this episode and let her know what you thought. So without further ado, here is Rachel Gregory. Hi, Rachel. Hi. <laughs> okay, can you, let's just start and you can kind of introduce yourself to people in case they don't know you. Okay. Um, I'm Rachel Gregory. Um, I am from originally from Manhattan, New York, born and raised there. And I went to school in Florida and made my way out to California about a year ago. So now I'm in San Diego with mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. <laughs> hanging out. Um, I let's see. Well, what do you want to know? <laughs> well, you run. You run a website. Yes, I do. <laughs> Killing it keto. You're an yeah. author. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I just, um, 
I just came out with a book uh, that's on keto and um, it's called the 21 day keto challenge weight loss challenge um well, we can get into that <laughs> we talked a little bit about that yeah. before um so yeah my website basically started when um I introduced keto to my CrossFit gym back in West Palm Beach and I was doing it and people were like what is this keto thing and so I did a seminar um that just kind of went through what keto is all that type of thing and it was called, we called it Keto and Tito's Night. I don't know if you've ever seen those shirts <laughs> no, around. that's cute. Yeah, so I actually have these shirts that I saw on my website. Yeah. Literally just say Keto and Tito's. Um, and I figured, like, the best way to get people out on a Friday night to a CrossFit gym is to offer, like, free alcohol. <laughs> so ironic, but okay. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so, I mean, it worked. We had, like, a really good showing I did a presentation, um, and then people were like, all right, what do I do now? So we ended up doing this 21-day keto challenge, mm-hmm. and so it just started there. It wasn't, like, I didn't plan it at all. It was just like, all right, let's do a challenge, because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, I'm with people who are doing CrossFit, so they are really competitive, so that was, like, the first thing that I really thought of. Um, so I ended up doing that, and I actually got people from not just my CrossFit gym, but like my family back home, like a lot of my cousins, they were telling people about it. So it ended up being like this, it was like 70 or so people that joined this challenge. And I was like, all right, well, I need to like make this up and and do something, like make something that's like legit. Mm -hmm. So I ended up doing like 21 days of an introduction to what keto is and and basically every day was like a different topic because I found that over time when I was trying to explain it to people, like I would just go off and they're like, what is this keto thing? And I would like go off on a rant and they're like, wait, what? I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, let me break it up into like little pieces over a 21 day period. And it seemed there was the challenge had like a lot of success. Um, so I had a lot of people saying like, when's the next challenge going to be? When's the next challenge going to be? And then at that point I was like, okay, well maybe I should like, make this into something and so that's when my website started I ended up you know getting an LLC and making Mm -hmm. it into a business um and that's kind of how it started and then yeah that was what two no it was like a year and a half ago I think Mm -hmm. and you studied what in college yeah so I studied uh sports medicine and athletic training in undergrad Mm -hmm. and when I got to my junior year I was kind of like I like this. Well, I loved it, but I was getting way more into nutrition, and I was like, um, I want to probably pursue that a little bit further. Mm -hmm. Um, So I decided to go on and get my master's in nutrition and exercise physiology um, at James Madison University. And so that was a two-year program, and that's actually where my whole introduction to keto happened Mm -hmm. um, because I did my master's thesis on keto and CrossFit athlete, non-elite CrossFit athletes. And so I'm sure we can talk about that if you want. Yeah, I do want to talk about that because I think it's a really interesting topic because most people would say, like, keto and CrossFit should not go together. Yeah, yep, I've gotten that many times. And there is, there's definitely places where it doesn't go together, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, The thing that a lot of people don't understand, especially if they've never done CrossFit before, is if you go into, like, your average CrossFit gym, you're going to have people who are there who are not elite. Mm-hmm. Their main goal is to really just get like a quick hour workout in mm-hmm. and maybe lose some body fat. So like if you go to a CrossFit gym and it's like a 10 person class, maybe 
one or two people in that 10-person class are going to be doing the quote-unquote RX. Mm -hmm. The rest are going to be scaling, maybe not even picking up a barbell, doing, like, kettlebell stuff. Oh, okay. So, yes, it's it's high intensity for some people, but there's such a range. Yeah. Um, so this is what I say with everything with keto. Like, there's a spectrum. No matter what, no matter who you are, it's a spectrum. And so there's so many different pieces that go into it and I'm sure we'll talk about this too um and it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all um so I would say it really depends on like who you are what your goals are what like you're actually trying to get out of that CrossFit class Mm -hmm. um and yeah I don't know if that so so basically if someone is in CrossFit and they're like pretty intense about it like Mm -hmm. very serious is that the type of person you would say probably shouldn't do keto? Yeah, so that's the type of person that I would say, yeah, maybe not do keto mm-hmm. or take more of like, like we said, it's all, there's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. So take more of a targeted keto approach mm-hmm. or a cyclical keto approach and see if that works for them. Because mm-hmm. if they're, if they're pretty elite and their main goal is, yeah, maybe they have like body fat loss as a goal too, but also performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been doing it for a while and they're into it, you know, they're not like, super overweight and they're Mm -hmm. you know they're they're um, like we said pretty elite then definitely taking like a target approach or maybe not maybe not maybe keto is not for them Mm -hmm. um but I always say like try it like try it for a period of time especially with if you're the more elite person say even if you're like a crossfit athlete like try it in the um off season Mm -hmm. for 21 days Mm -hmm. and that's the time where you're not going to be doing two a days Mm -hmm. which is another story (laughs) um so if you're just doing like one a day workout that's less than an hour um a few days a week like four days a week Mm -hmm. um then yeah I would say that's a good time to try it if you're someone who's doing two a day or three day workouts seven days a week then you're probably gonna need some carbs Mm -hmm. um so like I said it's just a spectrum and then also there's like a point to it too where the days in CrossFit workouts are some of them are so different like for example, like one day you can go in the gym and do like a warm up and do maybe a few sets of squats and then you'll do like a seven minute wad. Mm-hmm. And that's like not that much of work mm-hmm. um, volume wise. So it really depends. Like, yeah. I, th- yeah, I think part of where the big problem lies is that a lot of the people who are interested in this and like want to get all tweaky with their macros Mm -hmm. and like optimizing nutrition are the people who have the personality type where they're really intense and they're like they are the ones who are more intense about their exercise you know and there's where the mismatch lies or it's like you know i think like like where i think like a keto diet really shines is for someone who's like in silicon valley like working on a computer all day not moving Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah in that case you're gonna optimize your brain you don't really need carbs because you're probably not moving you know what i mean like yeah Um, but there's like this mismatch because a lot of the people who are really into nutrition Mm -hmm. and like fitness want to try it. And then a lot of times they're the ones who are also like overtraining. Yep. You know? (laughs) Yeah. That's another issue that comes up a lot too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also think like I definitely like the cognitive benefits and exactly what you said. Like if you're working on a computer all day, then that definitely has like probably the probably the ideal person um but also just kind of going back to like your athlete for example if you're someone who you know has had carbs their whole life Mm -hmm. like tons like 
tons of carbs every single day and you've never really allowed your body to get into that fat burning mode, Mm -hmm. then I feel like going, you know, trying keto for 21 days or, you know, taking that approach, you can kind of see how your body feels within that Mm -hmm. and also benefit from some of like the recovery aspect of it and all of that. Um, So that's just, I I just think... (laughs) I'm going to keep going back to this because it's just such a different spectrum. Like, mm-hmm. and there's not like a one size fits all. And so if you are someone who wants to try keto, maybe you start off in a targeted approach mm-hmm. or a cyclical approach. And that's kind of how I've evolved too. Like I started strict keto. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about this too. Like when you're in ketosis for a while, like you're training your body to be in that state um, and, you know, running off fat mm-hmm. rather than carbs the entire day. So you can, you know, for me, like I started strict keto and then I would play around with, with targeted or cyclical. Like I tried all different things. Um, and even with like, for example, targeted, that's kind of what my approach is now is Mm -hmm. like a targeted more approach when I'm doing, um, explain to people what that means. Cause a lot of people listening to this don't know what targeted keto or cyclical (laughs) keto is. Yeah. Yeah. So targeted keto is basically where you take the approach of incorporating carbs, uh, pre and post workout. So around like targeted around Mm -hmm. your workout, Um, And then cyclical is that cyclical can kind of be divided into different uh, areas as well. So it's, you know, you're, you're eating low carb, high fat all week. And then maybe you have like one day where you're doing uh, higher carb on the weekend or two days, or it could be the approach where you're doing like a carb up at night Mm -hmm. where you're eating keto or low carb, high fat all day. And then you do like a night carb up Mm -hmm. and then you go back the next day. Mm -hmm. So I've, for myself, I've played around with that a lot. Um, right now, I've actually gotten a little bit away from CrossFit mm-hmm. um, just because I'm, I had, I injured my back a few months ago. So I've just been like kind of chilling out and I'm getting more back, back into like just strict strength training. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my approach right now is, um, for example, like if I, like on a leg day, like that's a day that I'm, you know, using a lot of energy. Maybe I, I feel a little bit better when I do have a little bit more carbs. Mm-hmm. Also, it's the fall and, you know, I love sweet potatoes. So mm-hmm. I incorporate like, I don't know, like 100 grams of sweet potatoes pre-workout, mm-hmm. uh, like my pre-workout meal, which is like 20 grams of carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe I'll have some of that after after my workout. And so that's if I'm working out like at lunchtime. But mm-hmm. then say I work out in the morning, maybe I'll do like sweet potatoes at night the night before. So mm-hmm. I have that, you know, glycogen in the morning refilled. Um, so it just really depends. Like there's so many different ways that you can go about it. And it really just, I think it just depends like what you feel best at. And, yeah. you know, that's, I feel like that's everything with nutrition. Like what do you feel optimal at? And then you adjust from there. Yeah, and I told you, like, the keto topic, it's something that I <laughs> want to talk more about, but I also, I'm like, I don't even want to talk about it, because people just talk about, like, they're like, can you talk about keto? And I'm like, well, what freaking version? Like, yeah. it's it's a huge thing, you know, people, people's version of ketogenic diet looks so different, and, like, most people, people would say to me, like, you're not, you're not low carb, and I'm like, really? Because I'm producing <laughs> ketones, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, because I can tolerate more, and people exactly. also have this idea that they can't eat a vegetable like they basically think they have to be carnivore you know all these things but let's talk about um I mean when you're first learning about keto kind of like what 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 version of keto like what is 
when we were talking about when you're just doing like classic strict keto, what was yeah. that for you? Yeah. So when I first learned about keto, like I had no idea what like what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, this was back when I was starting to do research for my thesis, and this, like I said, this is three over three years ago now. So keto was like not even mm-hmm. like big. Um, it was actually like I think around the time when paleo was just getting like really big. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I uh, first start, like tried it on myself, I did like super low carb and like super low fat at the same time. Yeah, that's like what <laughs> I did too. Yeah, because I was like fat phobia. Yeah. Like, that was you know fat's bad, all that. So I definitely did it wrong. And at that time, I was doing crossover workouts too. And I'm oh my God. like I'm not by any means an elite CrossFit Mm -hmm. athlete at all like (laughs) I'm just the person who goes in and gets like a hard hour workout Mm -hmm. and likes to work out with people and Mm -hmm. have a little bit of competition um because I did triathlons in college so that was like my competitiveness and then when I went to grad school I didn't have time to train for triathlons Mm -hmm. so I needed to find something else that was like a quick workout but also had like a little motivation competition behind it so that's when I got into CrossFit um and so, yeah, I was, like, <laughs> low-fat, low-carb, feeling awful. I was mm-hmm. also, like, not having enough calories. That's another thing. Like, people, they kind of, you know, there's, like, a whole other aspect of that, too. Like, are you even getting enough calories? Yeah, most people aren't. Yeah, so it's just, like, that's a whole other discussion. Well, and but, that's why they lose weight so quickly. Mm-hmm. But then what happens is they downregulate their metabolisms. Exactly. And then they gain weight later. And I'm like, yeah, that's because you fucked it up. Yeah. So I think that's also, <laughs> yeah, I think that's also something that I've kind of gotten frustrated about too, like in the keto space is like, yeah, keto is great because it can, you know, shut your appetite off, mm-hmm. but that's only good for obviously and like intermittent fasting and all of that. Like that's a good to a certain point. Yeah. And then you kind of can go off the cliff at some point. Yeah. And if you don't know, like I fell, I fell into this too. Mm-hmm. Like when I started intermittent fasting, this was like, I didn't even intermittent fast in the beginning, but when I did start getting more into it, I found myself like really not hungry, like for like a long time, like during the day, like mm-hmm. I wouldn't eat lunch till like two or two thirty. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but at that point, like it's really hard. It was really hard for me to even get in enough calories. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's another thing. It's just like, are you even eating enough to like sustain like your hormones and all of that? Yeah. And then are you not eating enough and then blaming it on keto? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there's a lot of people out there like keto f- fucked up my hormones and all of this, but was it really that? Or was it because you just weren't eating enough food and you weren't getting those nutrients that you needed? Mm-hmm. Um, or you were intermittent fasting, even for women, like this is what I found for myself. Like if I intermittent fast every single day, like I kind of get a little messed up. Yeah. So I have to, you know, tone that back and really, you know, maybe I'll do it every other day or every two days or something mm-hmm. like that. So again, it goes back to the spectrum thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even remember what your question was. Yeah, so, so you're like made the classic, like I'm a low carb and low fat yeah. mistake. And then, yep. um, how did you figure out Oh, then what, where'd you go from there? Yeah. So then I just kept doing like research and experimenting myself, added more fat in, um, decrease the protein I went through like different phases you know Mm -hmm. because I just didn't know and I was learning while I was doing it um so I went through I guess I went to your classic more like classic keto which is low carb high fat added more fat in um started feeling better obviously Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then... Were you trying to stick to certain macro ratios? Or, like, what, what was your... <laughs> yeah, so in the beginning, I didn't really, like... Like, I tracked macros a little bit, mm-hmm. but not every single day. Like, I wasn't, like, anal about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also, like, when I went in... When I did my uh, study, I didn't have the people in the... Like, I had three different people, and I didn't have them, um, like... It wasn't a requirement to track. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically just gave them a food list and said, eat this, not that. Mm-hmm. Um, and be aware of your carbs and mm-hmm. kind of stay under the f- total, 50 grams total. Mm-hmm. And um, we should. OK, let's talk about this, because yeah. I think to get into ketosis, there's a difference between like what do you need to do just to get into ketosis mm-hmm. and produce ketones versus like what's going to make you actually feel good. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like. Well, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say to get into ketosis, you just need to drop your carbs. Oh, yeah. Because you can produce ketones still not eating super high fat. Oh, yeah, for sure. For some people, you do need to increase a lot, but you're still going to feel like shit unless you, like, increase the fat to give your body energy, right? So, like, because I guess I think that's a common, like, like, people will debate this. What's the Mm -hmm. important part? Is it increasing the fat or dropping the carbs? Oh, I think 100% it's dropping the carbs. Um, And then it... It's like exactly what you said. Like, how do you feel? And then where are you at? So if you're someone who's like 400 pounds Mm -hmm. and you drop the carbs and don't like you have a lot of extra Mm -hmm. body fat to use. So Mm -hmm. maybe you are going to tap into that and feel good using that with lower fat. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're someone who's, you know, (laughs) your average girl or client who's I say girl because I work with a lot of people Mm -hmm. and even, you know, myself it's like I think about it like I or like someone I work with or something if they have like 10 pounds to lose Mm -hmm. that's like nothing compared Mm -hmm. to the 400 pound person so yeah you're probably gonna need a little bit more fat to feel good and be energized and even protein too like that's a whole can we talk about protein because I love this topic yeah I would love to hear your opinion on protein intake on keto yeah so I think that I mean, I'm all about protein. Like, I went through a phase, even experimenting on myself, and then just working with other people, too. If you're someone who works out, um, definitely, I don't think restricting protein, I don't think you need to restrict protein at all. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're someone who is maybe, um, like, going back to that 400-pound person or someone who's super insulin-resistant, then then maybe, yeah, you do have to restrict a little bit and Mm -hmm. moderate that. Um, But... I think it's like it's like pulling teeth. It's like what? <laughs> it's definitely not as much as car- like carbs. Like we said, carbs mm-hmm. is the basis. Like that's what's gonna get you into keto. And then the other things are what's gonna make you feel good. What's gonna make you you know maintain your muscle or build muscle and all of that. Yeah, I just see so many people like in the keto space. Like I just feel like <laughs> things have gone too far. <laughs> I'm like a massive eye roll. I just feel like no, things have good. gone too far, and I'm seeing these people who are like. They eat like, <laughs> like two asparagus spears, a piece of meat the size of my pinky, and then like five tablespoons of butter, and they have that like once a day. And I'm like, this is so disordered. Like you're not eating any food. Like do you know what I mean? Like they're literally subsisting off of fat. And like, yeah. I'm like, at what point is this has this gone too far? That's definitely <laughs> gone too far. You that's know? like not even yeah. That's just. That's definitely too much. And that's, yeah, where keto has gone, I, I think this is my thing. Like, I've been I've been in this space for, like, mm-hmm. since kind of it started getting 
bigger and that was by default like when I did my thesis I had no idea I was gonna be where I am now Mm -hmm. um and so for everything to kind of evolve and there to be like these different like I feel like there's these different cults like within the keto (laughs) oh my god I know (laughs) carnivore or you can't have all that fat or you you have to have all that fat and there's just so many different so many different um areas that I think it's gotten it's just gotten too much um Mm -hmm. but I don't know I I'm definitely in the boat where it's like if you're eating real food like if you're not eating real food like that's where you need to start Mm -hmm. just eat real food like eat some I always tell people like if it's as close to eat as close to nature as possible Mm -hmm. go in the grocery store don't go in the in the inner aisles Mm -hmm. like start there Mm -hmm. and then we can start to play with different things. Yeah, so. I agree. I've had this conversation a few times recently because I, I actually asked Jimmy this on the podcast. I was like, what do you think someone should do? Should they go paleo first or keto first? And he was like, keto. And I'm yeah. like, I think paleo. Like, because I think so many people, I don't know. I just know so many people, like, you can go keto and, like, mm-hmm. do it just if it fits your macros style and be yeah. eating really poor quality food and you're still going to have so many issues. Yeah. And I don't think everybody needs to go keto to feel fine. Yeah. I I think I'm, like, I'm I'm in between. Like, okay, so I'm definitely, like, 100% real food. But then mm-hmm. if I'm, say I'm working with someone who is literally coming from fast food every single day, mm-hmm. three times a day, like, they don't cook any of their food, they've been eating McDonald's burgers and all that, mm-hmm. then I would say, okay, if you're someone who, like, if they, you know, can switch right over to real food Mm -hmm. like 100 do that but if they're not gonna do that or they just can't do that that, then i would say okay let's start here like Mm -hmm. yes you can have that mcdonald's burger but remove the bun yeah and and see where that goes and do like the kind of if it fits your macros keto thing starting there and then if they you know see how that works and then start to slowly introduce to real food. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're someone who is, you know, already pretty much eating pretty well, mm-hmm. you know, you're not super like fast food every day type of thing, then I would say, okay, yeah, let's hit the real food hard and like start there. So I think it just depends where you're coming from. Yeah. And, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause yeah, no, you're right. Cause you wouldn't tell someone who's living off McDonald's to just yeah. switch over to paleo. Yeah. yeah. So. Like, hey, go to the farmer's market and yeah, get all easier. these veggies yeah. and go get some uh, grass-fed meat and yeah, yeah no, you're up right. a storm. You're right. <laughs> well, okay, let's talk about veggies for a sec. So mm-hmm. with your clients or your version of keto, do you count veggies for carbs? Um, no. Well, okay. veggies? So I, so like in my book and when I work with people who are super new to keto, I have tried different approaches, so total carbs and net mm-hmm. carbs, the two different approaches. What I've found is that when I'm working with people, I always like to recommend total carbs at first. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because if you're someone who's super new to this and you're like not haven't been into nutrition for a while and you're just mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm going to try this or get into this, there's a lot of... Um, issues with net carbs when it comes to like having packaged foods like mm-hmm. you know quest bars or all those bars that are like one gram net carb but 25 grams of total carbs so I either say just count total carbs let's start there um, but if 
your say you go over your you know 30 whatever range you're in 30 to 50 grams total carbs if you go over those carbs but those are coming from vegetables and Mm -hmm. whole foods um, or avocados for example then it's like i'm not going to worry about that Mm -hmm. but if you're having you know quest bars twice a day Mm -hmm. and you know you're still you're hitting you're going over your carbs in that respect then i'd say okay that's where the issue we probably need to take that back um so i guess i would say if you're going to be incorporating packaged foods then you Mm -hmm. have to you have to count total carbs Mm -hmm. um especially if you're getting started but if you're doing the real food approach Mm -hmm. and you're you know having veggies and stuff then definitely net carbs mm-hmm. um and what do you keep you th- 30 to 50 is that what you usually so do? yeah i think starting off i would start people at like a total of 50 mm-hmm. and then kind of um either go up or down from there mm-hmm. because you know you could start off a lot of people say like start like 25 to 30 net carbs ish which probably ends up at like around 50 total 50 mm-hmm. to so or so um but yeah, I say start start on the higher end if you can because you want to be able to have more if you can. And mm-hmm. even with people, some athletes like and like you were saying, we were talking about this before. Like I can have seventy five to one hundred grams of carbs, mm-hmm. maybe even more, and still be in ketosis the next day or yeah. even later on the day. Um, Especially if you're active, like yeah, uh, yeah. No, that makes sense. I yeah. it's like I see so many people now who are like. Okay, I think this is something that irks me is I will see so many people who are having issues in keto and the answer to them is like always like keto harder. It's like your carbs need to be below 20 total. You know, it's like you need to add like three more tablespoons of fat. And I'm like, can we like you need to, you know, go from three ounces of protein to two. And I'm like, can we just like take a step back here? Yeah. (laughs) And like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And which leads me into maybe like, are there any considerations that you think women should be taking if they're doing keto versus men? Like something like things in particular they should start thinking about. Yeah. So I think women definitely have a little harder time, a little bit of a harder time um, or a lot than men. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like men have it easier, um, especially in the keto space. Yeah. Um, just cause. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Just cause they don't have to deal with all our fun hormonal yeah. stuff. Um, so I definitely think for women, there's so many, there's just, I mean, it's so individualized as well. Like some people, some women can tolerate really low carb or even carnivore, but then it's also like, for how long can you tolerate that? So it just, it depends. Um, so I would say for in general, like I would recommend, um, like women starting, you could start off like for those 21 days, for example, Mm -hmm. go strict keto, like go 50 grams total carbs or below. And then after that three week period, like see how you feel and then maybe start to introduce some carb ups or Mm -hmm. like, um, during your cycle, introduce at certain parts of your cycle, um, introducing carb ups. And so I think, I think it just, and if you're someone who works out a lot, like, or if you're someone who sits at a desk all day, like it, it depends. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's always what I'm going to come back to. Like, it depends because <laughs> everybody's so indiv- individualized. Um, and it's so there's just so many different aspects and things that go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea, I mean, I think the I like ideally you'll want you want to be able to consume as much carbs as you can to feel mm-hmm. good. And when I say that, I mean, like 
whole food carbs, mm-hmm. not like potato chips. Yeah. Um, so I think playing around with it and really just seeing how you feel. And I think it changes like mm-hmm. over time for everybody. Like for, you know, a few months you'll feel great on like really low or lower carb. And then you have to, you know, maybe introduce carbs for a while or go paleo for a while and mm-hmm. not even worry about keto. And then maybe you go back. Um, or you try carnivore for a few weeks to, you know, help with some digestive issues. Like I think carnivore is a great tool in that sense. And, you know, we talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit, um, as an elimination diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my, my opinion for women going carnivore like forever i just don't know if that's a good idea mm-hmm. <laughs> for um just talk more about your experience doing it yeah so i did it for like a month um pretty strict except <laughs> like two weeks in i started i was like um i miss avocados i'm like obsessed with avocados yeah so i was like all right i'm just gonna have like one avocado yeah. or half an avocado a day and then the rest like strict carnivore Mm -hmm. um and so like those first two weeks I did carnivore strictly and then introducing the avocado for the second two weeks like I didn't really feel any different Mm -hmm. but I definitely noticed like with doing carnivore in general um it definitely gave like my digestion like a break and Mm -hmm. like I had like no gas no Mm -hmm. like issues you know with that in that respect Um, So I definitely think it's a good tool if you're, like, looking for, you know, to do some type of elimination diet. If there's something in your diet that you're just not sure, like, how it's affecting you or you have, like, like, you're just thinking, like, there's something that's, you know, messing you up and you need, like, a reset type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it's a great tool for that. Um, I, so, okay. (laughs) I went carnivore Mm -hmm. at, like, a time when... I mean, it was, like, super popular. I was like, oh, I want to try this because it's, like, the one experiment I can try, right? And I was at a point where I just felt like I was not tolerating any vegetables anymore. And I've had all this, you know, all this gut stuff going on. I was like, might as well do it, right? And I felt so much better on it. And then I crashed and burned. And Mm -hmm. I had to... I I added in veggies again um, because I was just on, like, ammonia, sulfur, toxicity load, right? But anyways, then my body at the time was just not tolerating any vegetables Mm -hmm. with sulfur in them um, because I hadn't, like, addressed my mutation. And... So then I was just eating normally and like I have never after after like felt like I was so bloated I couldn't fit into any of my clothes and my sister's wedding was that week and like oh I gosh. couldn't close my bridesmaid dress and I was like I don't know what to do like I was like yeah. I literally ha- like if it's just like a regular day I don't care if I'm super bloated but like I had to be able to wear the dress so I went back I did carnivore for like just the weekend mm-hmm. like and my bloating went away and I was like able everything my digestion was fine yeah. and I was able to get through it and so now in my head it that's what it is it's like a tool I'm like if I'm at a place where I'm like holy shit nothing is working I can slip back into carnivore for like a few days a week whatever yeah. but I just think long term it's kind of overkill yeah yeah and I think it's just it's I mean it's really restrictive and if you can live that life like if you're one of those people who's like I don't need any other type of food like I can eat meat and whatever and feel great and Mm -hmm. I'm not missing out on anything and I feel good and I don't have any other issues coming up and and that type of thing then go for it you know but 
for me, like I was, I was the kid growing up who like liked vegetables, Mm -hmm. you know, like I loved broccoli. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, give me more broccoli. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I, and I still to this day, like I love vegetables, like no matter what. Um, so that was hard for me. And that was like, I definitely felt restricted in that sense. And then also like the volume aspect of it, like just Mm -hmm. eating, you know, meat and eggs for dinner. Like I just didn't have that volume. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like I'm a volume eater. Like I like to have those vegetables, Mm -hmm. those, I feel like more full with that. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my, my take on it. It's a tool. I agree. Definitely. I think the volume thing is interesting. For sure. I, yeah. I It's very weird to me how I think a lot of... There's, like, there's different types of people, and there's a good group of people. It's the same people who, like, live off of smoothies. I'm like, this is strange to me. Like, they just... I don't know. I don't feel full off of just, like, a piece of meat or, like, a smoothie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a volume aspect. I don't oh, yeah. know. It's very weird. I'm, like, yeah. suspicious of people who are, like, eat this little piece of meat, and, like, I'm full. I'm like... Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, I don't know about that either. <laughs> I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe you. Um, okay, so carnivore experiment. What about... Um, okay, so women you think maybe should carb up more, right? Yeah, so I guess... Well, let's... Even just like this, these past few months um, when I got injured mm-hmm. and then also... So I guess I think the reason I got injured is because it was during like when I was writing my book, I was like super stressed. And at the same, and this is something that like with myself, I work on all the time. And then with other people, I see it too. And we talk about overtraining and not Mm -hmm. eating enough and all that stuff. So I even got kind of into like this cycle on my own where I was writing my book and I was like stressed about that, doing that. Mm -hmm. And my only stress relief was to go work out. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I'm probably shouldn't be doing that every single day, but So I learned very quickly with that. And that's something that I've worked on for a while now, too. But, you know, even just going into the fall, I remember, like, going into Trader Joe's and seeing, like, all these sweet potatoes. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I haven't had a sweet potato in, I think it's been, like, a year. And I'm like, I used to eat sweet potatoes every day, like, with every meal. And I was like, why? Like, a sweet potato is a real food. Like, Mm -hmm. if... Like, I shouldn't deprive myself of that just because it's not, quote unquote, keto. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I kind of took a step back and was like, all right, well, I'm going to have some sweet potatoes and Mm -hmm. I want to see how I feel. Um, And so I started incorporating sweet potatoes, like I said, around my workout. And it's like, like 100 grams of sweet potatoes is, like we said, like 20 grams of carbs. In the grand scheme of things, like, that's not that much. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's just going back to, like, that whole real food thing um Mm -hmm. so yeah I started doing that and I actually started um lift like I don't when I said I was lifting more and doing like those heavier leg days and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and like when I went to CrossFit um during when I was writing my book I was the person who was scaling everything like I wasn't Mm -hmm. you know going hard I was just like let me get a sweat on you know Mm -hmm. take my brain off everything else um so yeah, started incorporating a little bit more carbs and started feeling good. And I was like, I would test my ketones the next day and I'd still be like in mm-hmm. ketosis. And I don't test often. Like I'll just do it like for fun just mm-hmm. to see. Um, but yeah, so now I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, if I'm 
craving sweet potatoes like i'm gonna have a sweet potato mm-hmm. and it's not like i'm not gonna think oh my gosh i'm too high carb you know what mm-hmm. i mean um and that's something that i think a lot of people like even i struggle with too being in this space and and you know even eating for like even eating really low carb for a long period of time you kind of train your brain Mm -hmm. and it goes back to like okay well there's we're telling people to stop being fat phobic yeah and i feel like there's some people who are in this for so long that they start to become carb phobic yeah and for sure i think almost everyone i for sure got carb phobic from it yeah i think there has to be like just i don't know you kind of have to take a step back and say, all right, like, I'm not, a soup potato is not going to kill me. Or if I have, you know, for example, like, I would go to the movies with my roommate all the time. Mm-hmm. And she'd always get popcorn and I wouldn't. And I'm like, I'm going to have some popcorn today and mm-hmm. try it out. And just to see how I feel. And with the popcorn thing, I don't, I didn't feel that great after- <laughs> <Yeah>. afterwards. <laughs> it's really a bad one. To just yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, maybe not this, um, especially with, um, butter on it and all that stuff probably stay away from that but um yeah so I think it's just like if you're first starting off and getting into like you really want to see how you feel like in a ketogenic state Mm -hmm. or in ketosis and see how it like how your body reacts then probably wouldn't recommend sweet potatoes because you're gonna you know have a lot of your carbs in one sitting Mm -hmm. you don't you want to be able to have you know space them out but if you're someone who, like us, we've been doing this for a while and our bodies are adapted and we're kind of in this, we have this metabolic flexibility. And I think that's like, that's the end goal. Like the end goal is to be able to be metabolic flexible and be able to use fat when you're, you know, mm-hmm. chilling out and not doing much and then use carbs when you, like your body, when you need them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think. But that's you know. what some, like something that i think people need to be wary of though too because i agree i think the goal should be metabolic flexibility and that's why i started kicking myself out and i've been like going away from it because i became metabolically inflexible because it was like if i just you know i was just eating the way i ate and then say something came up and i had a carb because i never i don't think twice about it right but then i would have this severe reaction Mm -hmm. to like i'm like i shouldn't my body should not freak the fuck out over like half a sweet potato like yeah. i should be able to throw that at my body and then that's mm-hmm. how i'm like okay i need to retrain my body to run off of both basically because yeah. it can go too far in either mm-hmm. direction yeah I no think. i totally agree i think it can definitely go too far um and yeah it just i think it just it changes over time like each person their like their nutrition what they need like it's it's gonna change over time even if you do go keto for a few months like past that you're probably gonna need to switch things up and introduce more things and add a little bit more balance Mm -hmm. um let's talk about the label of it (laughs) because i think this is interesting and like even if someone's not keto or whatever i think a lot of people run into this issue of like labeling themselves Mm -hmm. x y or z i'm paleo i'm keto i'm low carb i'm vegan i'm vegetarian i'm i don't know whatever the hell you are i'm carnivore and then yeah they feel trapped to that label and then mm-hmm. they feel guilty if they it's like this it becomes your identity I oh think, yeah for a lot of people oh, yeah. right and then they feel guilty slash especially if you have a public platform you're like what are people gonna say and you know i see this all the time like in the paleo community for instance it's like someone will eat rice and they're like that's not paleo you can't (laughs) eat that and i'm like oh my god cool your jets but 
I know that we talked about this a little bit. Like mm-hmm. you, like you kind of had that struggle because your your business is called Killing a Keto, right? <laughs> yep. So kind of yeah. like talk me through that. Like how you've been feeling about that label? Yeah. So I think it's definitely like I've definitely struggled with that in the past, you know, year or so. It's just, um, like I definitely think keto is like it, it changed my life mm-hmm. and you know mentally like the mental benefits I got just all of that the kind of food freedom not Mm -hmm. thinking about food all the time um and I definitely think it has its place but I think it's turned into like we talked about like three years ago it was not like this like the labeling Mm -hmm. of and the social media and all of that like it's such it's a struggle because you have you know people on the outside looking in and they think they know like like for example I think you were talking about this too. Like, you'll post like your 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 meal or something, and someone will comment on it and say something like rude That's or too whatever. Many carbs. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, like okay, you. we'll call the police. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think that's just like for me. I don't like if I'm gonna have sweet potatoes. Like, I'm not gonna post it on my Instagram because I just know that I'm just gonna get people who are like at this point in time. I haven't. I definitely want to probably branch out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're someone who's just like scrolling through Instagram and you see that, and it's like oh, I can have sweet potatoes now for every single meal every day mm-hmm. and I'll still be keto. Like, n- probably not. Um, and so I think there's just so many dif- different avenues that you can go down that are misleading. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of just, like, right now, just not done that. Um, not gotten into that just because I haven't, you know, taken that mm-hmm. leap of starting to try to explain it through social media. Mm-hmm. Um, with my individual clients that I work with, I explain it to them and and um try to you know depending on where they're at and what their goals are and what they're doing um I'll teach them all about this type of thing but on social media it's just like (laughs) it's just hard um but I would say that that's another struggle too like with people are like oh call the keto police like that's (laughs) I know and, and I'm like all right well if it's a sweet potato versus like a bag of potato chips like come on yeah like yeah maybe call the police on the call the keto police with your bag of <laughs> lays potato chips but this is a freaking like 100 yeah. grams of sweet potato you know what i mean but also how to like it's like you don't know like you don't yeah. know that i'm not still in ketosis exactly exactly but, but that's hard to it's hard yeah. to portray that i mean maybe i should just do like a well, we were talking about this, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so bad at, like, filming myself on Instagram. I just, like, that's just not me. No, but it's also just, like, people want everything proven to them. But here's the other thing. Okay, first of all, they don't know if you're still in ketosis or not, yeah. right? But even if you're not... Who cares? Who cares? Because, like, this is the issue. People have taken these labels and then, and then made it their identities. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's not your identity. Like, I see keto as, like, a tool. Like... I am not keto. I've used it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm in it. Sometimes I'm not, like, whatever. I am not keto. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? And the same thing, like, with your brand, the way I see it, it's like, okay, you could be educating people about ketosis. That doesn't mean, like, you are ketosis. Yeah. Like, that you're not allowed to not be in ketosis. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I don't, I'm just like, I don't really know why people on the internet <laughs> feel the need to, like, push that label as someone else's identity onto them. Yeah, I know. And that's something that, like, if I would go back in time and, I mean, the name of my company really came out of, like, my roommate was like, hey, you need to make an Instagram because you're posting all this food on your regular account and, like, no one cares. Like, you need to make an Instagram just for food. And we were like, and at that time, like, you know, 
I was super like strict keto and, and I'm not saying it was bad or anything mm-hmm. but I would like looking back now with knowing that I, if I knew I was going to create a business out of this and you know focusing on nutrition in general I probably would have been a little bit more um, broad with like mm-hmm. what I call my brand but at the same time it's like I'm kind of in this like I love a lot of the people like in the keto community and Mm -hmm. I never would have met all these people I don't think if I didn't go down this path um but I yeah I definitely think there is the social media it's just there's just so many there's just it's just a lot sometimes Mm -hmm. um so I think right now I'm kind of just pushing you know going back to real food as much as possible that's what I've been trying to kind of portray through like my Instagram and my like the recipes I post, I try to post as much, you know, real food as uh-huh. possible and try to show people like focus on that. Um, it, clients that do all clients that work with you go keto. Um, so I have, so I've actually gone a little bit back. Like I'm not working with that many people mm-hmm. anymore, um, on an individualized basis. And that's just, um, I think we talked about this too. And I talk about this in my book too. Like there's a lot of people who come to me and they, they want me to tell them exactly what to eat Mm -hmm. and they don't really like they don't they don't want to be open to everything else that's going on like Mm -hmm. their stress their sleep all of that type of thing um and I talk about that in my book too even though it's a book that is geared towards weight loss and that's I mean I was telling you this before yeah talk about it yeah so I mean Weight loss. If you have my book or you've seen it, like weight loss is the biggest word on the cover, and that was definitely like not my intention. Um, it was something that my publisher was really, you know, hell bent on making that because it would, you know, the marketing purposes and mm-hmm. catch people's eye and stuff like that. And and yes, the the book is geared towards weight loss. Mm-hmm. People are looking for that, um, but within the book, I make it, you know make it a point to talk more about all the other stuff that's involved with weight loss too Mm -hmm. in weight weight maintenance and making it more of a lifestyle as well and going like talking about the metabolic flexibility part of it and all that and you know being fat fueled and whatever um so yeah I think that like when I'm working with people there's people come to me and it's like the last 10 pounds like that's not 95% of the time like that's not your food yeah like that is your not sleeping Mm -hmm. that is your stress like no other you're like you're just like that's all the other aspects of Mm -hmm. it like the emotional the mental all of that so and so I've noticed that like with people that I was working with it's like they want me to just break them a meal plan and where I'm my thing is, like, I want to teach you how to do this and teach you how to, you know, yes, teach you keto, but also teach you the other things that go along with it. Because if you're not fixing those things or addressing those, like, you're never going to be happy with the way you look or, you know, the weight you're at or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, people on the internet j- literally just want a meal plan. Like, yeah. Yeah. they don't... Because it's easier to change the food than it is to, like sleep or de-stress or quit your job or break up with their boyfriend you know so they want to just control with food i'm curious is there anyone who you think a higher carb paleo approach works for that you'd recommend that to or are you like very much like lower carb works best for most people so i 
always i mean i would say i always take the approach of lower carb mm-hmm. um i haven't taken that high carb approach before mm-hmm. i definitely think you know if you're an elite athlete and you're an elite crossfitter then probably higher carb mm-hmm. but i think that i personally think that you should go through different cycles mm-hmm. like we were talking about in the off season maybe be a little bit low carb so you can kind of teach your body how to be in that state and then during the season maybe it's higher carb um but again it also goes back to like the real food so if you're higher carb paleo that's i'd recommend that 100 percent over mm-hmm. you know mcdonald's every day yeah. obviously or eating packaged food every day yeah. so i think it just depends do you feel like keto is like gonna fall out of style um Are you ever worried about that I'm not like worried about it. I think, <laughs> I think that it's definitely like trending high right now, and yeah. it's definitely gonna drop a little bit for sure. Um, the thing I'm excited about with keto is like getting w- away from the weight loss part of it, and the, and just talking about some of the therapeutic benefits of it, and then the research that coming that's coming out with that mm-hmm. um, in different areas, like different cancer research and like traumatic brain injury and being being able to give, give your brain a different fuel source for that type of thing alzheimer's epilepsy all of that type of thing um i think that's where a lot of the focus has gone away from mm-hmm. in like the general social media like area of keto trending it's like all about you know weight loss and looking your best and yeah so i think the the cognitive part of it like that's even why i ended up getting back into like after grad school i you know, took a break from keto and then I got back into it when I started my first job and I was way into like the, the cognitive part of it, like how my brain felt and stuff, Mm -hmm. how I I felt way more productive and all of that. Um, so I think that's like, that area should be, you know, focused a lot more on, but Mm -hmm. obviously like that's hard. (laughs) Agreed. Well, can we just clarify that? Like, you can gain weight on keto too. Oh yeah, <laughs> like people literally just think like keto equals weight loss. No. I'm like, no, it, it makes nope. it, it like makes it easier for people. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, depending on who they are. But that's the other thing. It's like I think also if people talk about how keto like turns off your appetite, mm-hmm. I think that sends the wrong signal to people because then they feel like they should never feel hunger. And I'm like, yeah, no, you're just like feel hunger at normal times or like you're not thinking about food all day yeah you know what I mean but like you're not a bad person if you get hungry yeah for sure and I think also like yeah and I think like the blood sugar regulation Mm -hmm. part of that too is a big thing like that's what I try to you know explain to people too is like if you are someone who feels like you're gonna rip someone's head off after like not eating for two hours yeah like that's probably like not so great yeah like you should probably you probably need to oh my <laughs> address God. that a little bit honestly okay all these people i think i don't know who you follow on instagram but <laughs> there are so many people on instagram who i don't really follow but i see them and they just like there's this glorification of hanger i'm like i'm so i have to have all my snacks i'm like yeah do you not realize that you have like severe blood sugar dysregulation like all these health gurus who are like they're snacking every two hours i'm like i'm so hangry i needed this and i'm yeah. like do you not realize, like, your blood sugar is mm-hmm. so bad if you can't last, like, at least four hours? Yeah. At least. So that's someone who I would probably say, yeah, yeah. you need to try keto and yeah. see how you feel. And then also, it's it's not just, like, the, 
um, physiological stuff that's going on. It's also the mental aspect of it. So if you're someone who's who eats every two hours and you literally can't get out of that or you just feel like you're going to crash mm-hmm. and you start to, you know, go keto and then you can say intermittent fast for the first time in your life mm-hmm. like one day and you're like oh I'm not thinking about food 24 7 right now mm-hmm. and that's kind of how it was for me too like I was that's like what I kind of liked the most about it is that I didn't I wasn't craving a lot of things and mm-hmm. I just wasn't like I could walk in a donut store and be like eh, I don't yeah. really want that you know <laughs> yeah whereas before that I was like I, I really want that donut. Yeah. And, like, obviously, sometimes, like, I, I want a donut. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you um, don't feel like you're going to be a psychopath and, like, rip yeah. someone's head off to get it. Yeah. And I also think there's, like, um, like stages that you go through, too. And, for example, like, I'm just going to use this example. So, Thanksgiving, like, a few weeks ago, I um, – this is the first, like, Thanksgiving that I, like – ate all the carbs because I was at my friend's house and her mom is literally like she puts sugar in every single dish like you can't yeah you can't avoid it yeah and I was like at this point where I was like I'm not gonna like I'm gonna eat the food here like Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna be like super strict about this and that's also like a little bit of the like finding a little bit of freedom there too Mm -hmm. and knowing that if I'm gonna eat a Thanksgiving meal and have probably a lot more carbs than I usually do like that's not gonna put me over like I I know that I'm not like the next day that I'm gonna kind of go back mm-hmm. to being able to eat regular mm-hmm. um so I think it just depends what type of person you are too like if you're someone who knows that you're gonna go completely off the rails mm-hmm. um then maybe that's not a good idea but if you've been <clears throat> low carb or in this like really into your nutrition for a while for years mm-hmm. and stuff like that then I think that you you probably know that you'll get on back on track. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know it, if that's kind of confusing. But anyway, that was so. I probably had like the mo- the most sugar I've had in like three years in in that one day. And I was like, yeah, I'm probably gonna feel like shit afterwards. And I did. I wake. I woke up feeling not that great the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got right back into eating my regular way. And then the next day, I was flying back home, traveling the whole day. And I decided I'm gonna fast today, and not because I'm like mad at myself for eating sugar that's not why I'm mm-hmm. fasting it's usually I fast when I travel just because it's easy and I was like oh I'm just gonna fast I got home late just went to bed woke up the next day and I was like I'm gonna see like what I'm just gonna test my my blood just to see like what mm-hmm. my ketones are at I was at like 0. 0.9 mm-hmm. after like 48 hours of eating like a boatload of sugar mm-hmm. so it was just I don't know that kind of put that gave me like a perspective of like okay Mm -hmm. so I think it just it just depends like where you're at and what type of you know yeah yeah. with fasting like how does someone know if they should be fasting or not in your Mm -hmm. opinion so I would say that well, in general, like if you're someone who's just starting, like if you want to get into keto mm-hmm. and you want to, you know, experiment and see, you know, how your body feels and you have some specific goals, I don't generally recommend fasting right off the bat just because mm-hmm. if you're going from eating every two hours to trying to fast, like <clears throat> that's just not going to be like a be good hungry. situation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I always recommend like at least going lower carb mm-hmm. and then transitioning to keto and then release keto lower carb and then start playing around with fasting mm-hmm. um i would say with women you have to be a little bit more careful mm-hmm. um 
especially if you, like I said, I actually, I actually went through this too, like, or I got into mentality where, and it wasn't a mentality. It was kind of just like the habit. Like I would wake up and have my coffee and I would get like deep into work Mm -hmm. and just not be hungry because I kind of trained my body and maybe I would have like a little bit of MCT oil or something in my coffee, but I would do that. And I got into like that routine every single day. And I feel like that I needed to kind of get myself out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always recommend like listening to your body as much as you can. Like mm-hmm. if you are fasting and then say you're like, oh, I'm going to fast till, you know, one o'clock, but I'm like starving at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Like maybe th- that's telling maybe your body's telling you like maybe you should eat some breakfast, mm-hmm. like go get some eggs and avocado or something. Um, so I think chronically fasting is probably not a great idea for women um just because one the calorie thing like maybe you're Mm -hmm. not getting enough calories two your hormones could probably get out of whack if you're doing that chronically um so yeah that's my take on is kind of just trying to listen to your body as best you can and that's kind of like the end goal too is like being able to listen to your hunger hormones and regulating them like that probably is what that's what we all want, you mm-hmm. know? We don't want to have to be, like, tracking stuff for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So. You know what was interesting that I just... I don't remember if I told you this when I saw you last time, but, like, that they've found that there are certain cancers that feed off of ketones. I have i don't know if we talked about it, but okay. I think I read that yeah. somewhere. I don't know. I don't remember where. It's just, like... All this stuff we think we know about nutrition, like, (laughs) I think that just, it just goes to show, and, like, that's such a small, it's, like, most cancer, it's the opposite, right? Yeah. Like, most people, if you had cancer, a ketogenic approach would probably benefit you, but... I do, just like learning more about things like that. I feel like it's like that with everything, and anybody who's who hops on a bandwagon who is, like... Keto is going to solve every single person's problems, all their problems. Like, this is the way to live for everyone. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not smart because there's an exception to everything. And, oh, yeah. Like you said, you know, it's like a tool. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was super fascinating. Yeah. No, I definitely think if you're like 100% about one thing, like, there's probably something not right. Yeah. There. <laughs> there's no way. It's too complicated. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that was interesting. Well, <laughs> that was a a lot about keto. Yeah. Um wh- what about like is there anything else besides keto that you've been like geeking out over recently? Um or any new product finds that you want to share? Something fun? I think. Okay, hmm. favorite meal. Favorite meal. Right now, my mm-hmm. favorite meal is probably, like, some... This sounds weird, but this is what I've been having no, for breakfast. No, trust me. No, well, nothing yeah. sounds weird compared so, to me. Okay, so ground beef. Uh-huh. Um, I've been sautéing and just... Uh, do, you, do you know, like, the balanced bites? Mm-hmm. Bices? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're... What's the... It's, like, the smoky one. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's, it's so like, good. It has, like, it's, like, smoky, but it has cinnamon. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. Uh-huh. So just that with ground beef. And then I'll do, like, say I did this for, like, a pre, a pre-work, a pre not pre-workout, but, like, before I, like, maybe two hours before I work out or something with, like, uh, some roasted sweet potato, like, 100 grams of, of mm-hmm. um, roasted sweet potato and then some eggs 
uh, like scrambled eggs on top. Oh my god! And then I'll good. like uh, <laughs> this sounds weird, but uh, nut butter on top. Oh yeah. So I'll either like I'll combine probably like one egg with some egg whites just because I like uh-huh. that more volume. Um, and then I'll top it with like sea salt and then drizzle like some, um, I've been using the, uh, what is it? I forgot the brand. Artisana? No, it's like some other, it's some other, it's some like smaller brand. I think it's Abby's nut butter. I think that's what it's called. Oh, I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah. So I've been just drizzling Uh it on and it's like you get the salty the sweet the savory all in one and Mm -hmm. that's just been my jam that sounds so good i love almond butter on well sweet potatoes and and beef is so good yeah and it's like people would i haven't like posted that on my instagram because i'm like no, do it. I need the to. Weird right? Should I post? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like people think I'm so weird when I did my cinnamon scrambled eggs, like sweet scrambled eggs, and they're so Those good. Are, yeah. Just like a crepe. No, that's. I used to actually do like before I was even keto. Like I used to do as a nighttime snack. I would do like scrambled egg whites mm-hmm. with um a bunch of like almond butter and like nuts, mm-hmm. and it's like a huge volume yeah. for like not too many. Yeah calories unless you put like five tablespoons of nut butter yeah. on it but um it's so that good. was like my dessert <laughs> yeah no seriously so good um i want to know like okay but is there do you have a favorite because i feel like keto companies send you products all oh the yeah time. and like is there anything that you've been liking recently that you found um recent well okay so some of my favorites are like the f-bomb the ones i brought you they're those so nut good. butters i yeah. love them just because it's they're like a small company mm-hmm. and they're um i know like that i've met the owner a bunch of times or the founder have you Ross. put that on salmon salmon no. holy hell it is so good really yeah put it put it on salmon, salmon. and bake it that. it is so good it sounds I yeah mean, sweet and you'll be into it Okay, I'll try that. Uh-huh. Yeah, so the F bombs, I love those. What else? Um, do you do dairy? I do, uh-huh. but I I obviously like I try to limit it mm-hmm. as much as I can. Um, but I'll do, and I try to like cho- choose more of like the goat cheese or mm-hmm. feta and stuff like that instead of like cow's milk cheese. Um, or there's some days where I'll just you know have a shit ton of cheddar cheese like Mm. just because i want it yeah (laughs) um but most days i'll try to limit it and i'll do um like mostly it's like maybe an ounce of cheese Mm -hmm. a day that's probably the extent and then maybe like if i have like a little bit of heavy cream in my coffee Mm -hmm. um that's probably the extent of my dairy is your book does that contain dairy or is it dairy free version yeah so it contains dairy but there's all I tried to make a substitute for uh-huh. every recipe. Like, there's a tip at the bottom that'll say, like, dairy-free option or mm-hmm. um, nut-free option mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so there's definitely, like, over, like, 50%, probably 75% of the recipes you can make dairy-free. Mm-hmm. Um, Anything yeah. can be made dairy-free. Yeah, I think much. you're also a good example of how, like, people think that eating paleo or keto or, like, whatever is restrictive. Mm-hmm. And like you eat out all the time, yeah. You know your your roommate eats like normally or whatever, yeah. right? And like you don't ever seem phased, but you know it's yeah. like, do you ever have an issue finding something? Usually not. When you're out, usually not. I mean, 
And that's another thing too. Like when people are like, I'm going here and like, I, I definitely can't eat keto at this restaurant. I'm like, Why? well, actually yeah. you can. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are just like afraid of asking. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm that person who goes out and my roommate hates me for this because I go to the restaurant and she's like, okay, you order first. You take your five minutes yeah. to talk to the server and ask I'm them the all same. the questions I know. and then I'll go. And I'm like, okay. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they're used to that though. Like they're there to, you know, you know, accommodate to your needs and with mm-hmm. all the different like allergens and all the different like allergies people have these days it's Mm -hmm. like they're not even phased by it so just ask yeah like but yeah i think i mean the hardest place probably to find like a lower carb option um i mean but even there too like sushi but even just get like oh that's so easy just go sashimi yeah yeah Yeah. i can't say that or like if they have like a meat dish just get the meat and the um sauce on the side you can get hand rolls without the rice let's just add more avocado in it yeah honestly yeah literally the only place i'm like i can't eat here is ihop because they put oh they put they put gluten mm -hmm. in their eggs and i'm Mm -hmm. like and they Why? don't tell anybody. They I put know. pancake batter in their eggs yeah. and their omelets. So actually, yeah, I've, I've started, because it's not just IHOP. Like, there's some diners like mm-hmm. that'll do that. So I have started asking, or I'll just get, like, if I am if I know I'm going to go out to breakfast, and I, instead of getting, like, scrambled eggs, I'll get, like, fried eggs, because mm-hmm. they can't put, like, stuff in the fried eggs, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know the place around here, Broken Yolk? Yes, but I haven't been there before. Okay. I've been there, and, like, they have this competition. It's, like, an eating competition. <laughs> and I forget what it is, but something, it's, like, oh, my God, a ton of eggs and, like, steak and, like, biscuits. And I'm, like, I could win this if there were if there wasn't gluten. And I'm so annoyed. Wait, what's the eating contest? It's, like, you, it's like you have an hour to eat. I should – I'm going to look it up right now. Oh, my God. Um, you have an hour to eat it. <clears throat> Broken yolk. No, but they have a ton of options. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. also, that's another thing, too, just, like, talking about the different, yeah. yeah, like, you can find something anywhere. That's kind of what, like, when I was thinking about making the the recipes for my book, I wanted to choose things that were, like, you know, pancakes and mac and cheese and show people that you can actually make that, mm-hmm. you know, low-carb or keto, keto and not, <clears throat> excuse me, feel like you're missing out. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing, too, where I think, like, keto is a lot... Um, in my opinion, if you have the goal of weight loss and and you're gonna follow something strict, I think that keto allows you to have a lot more like flavor and and you know substance with that. Whereas if you're like going on like a macro plan and it's like mm-hmm. eat white fish with nothing on it and a rice cake for you know your meal, it's mm-hmm. like okay, well that's boring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And okay. Well, okay, I want to finish that because I have this here. This is the challenge. A dozen egg omelet filled with mushrooms, onions, American cheese, and smothered with our chili and more cheese. And then it that's on, it's on a big 15-inch pizza pan. And the other side is a generous pile of home fries and two biscuits, no substitutions. If you eat it all, it's free, and you get a complimentary T-shirt, and there's a one-hour time limit, and you go down in history on the Hall of Fame wall. Oh. And I'm like, I could do it if there wasn't gluten. I would do it if there was dairy, but if there was gluten, I won't do it. Um, But yeah, okay. I kind of just like, before we finish, I do want to touch on the food freedom thing because, Mm -hmm. God, this is like freaking touchy subject for people and how keto 
can cause like people would be like keto gave me food freedom other people are like keto is like mm-hmm. super restrictive and like i think it can go either way for some people it can literally cause some type of like disordered eating and other people it does give you a sense of food freedom and i know from my experience it was extremely freeing to be like i can just eat all the fat i want like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it, I think it depends where you're coming from. I was like, why am I afraid of eating any fat? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can just eat it. And then there was, like, this sense of freedom slash, like, eating and not worrying about how I'm going to feel after. Like, yeah. um, but then I think if people go into it with a restrictive mindset, then it can be the opposite of freedom. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think it really depends, like, where you're coming from and what, like, type of person you are. Um, cause I definitely worked like with people who've had eating disorders in mm-hmm. the past. And so that's like an area where you do have to be careful mm-hmm. of how you're doing it. And I think in that sense, it's like, um, if they're gonna, you know, if you're someone who has that, you know, something in that area and like, you're already restricting, mm-hmm. um, I would say like, and you're already tracking macros and all of that type of thing. Um, if you can, you know, find success with keto without doing that mm-hmm. and transition to that, then maybe that's a good place to start. Um, but yeah, I think it really, I mean, it just, it really depends and it's, that's like something that's part, hard. What part of it is like freeing for you? Um, I think just, well, for me, it was not being like hungry every mm-hmm. two hours. Cause I was so used to like being in that, you know, packing my food for, you know, portioning it out and, you know, eating every three hours. I wasn't thinking about food like 24 seven. Um, that was like the main thing, just mm-hmm. not being hungry all the time. Um, and yeah, yeah, that was pretty so- freeing. You don't have to plan out all your snacks yeah. all day. <laughs> yeah. And I was a huge, like, I still am a meal prep person. Like I love mm-hmm. meal prepping, even, even working from home. Like I love to meal prep on Sunday and mm-hmm. at least note, like have stuff ready to go. But um, before that I was like, would be like meal prepping like for hours and hours on like mm-hmm. a Sunday. And now it's just like, eh, we'll yeah. do a few things here and there. But before you did keto, did you do if it fits your macros? I was mainly like, so I was like pretty much paleo, like mm-hmm. before going strict keto. And that's the thing too, like with paleo, paleo, most paleo is already low carb. Mm-hmm. So like with me, it was like, eh, not that big of a difference. Um, and I feel like that's a lot of people too, like they'll just drop their carbs a little bit lower, um, for the people who are, you know, paleo versus those who are eating, you know, oatmeal and bananas for breakfast and Mm -hmm. then whatever, just a lot of carbs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I was pretty paleo and then before, I never did like the, I mean, if I did, I did do like the, if it fit your macros, like tracking and stuff, but it wasn't like okay, I'm going to have, like, this three Oreos. Mm -hmm. And then it was – I definitely didn't take that approach. Mm -hmm. Um, It was more of the just tracking and eating whole foods. Yeah. um, With maybe a little bit of, you know, Froyo here and there or something like that. When you were tracking for that, what were your – like, what macros are you trying to keep in the Uh, range of? I don't even know. (laughs) Honestly, I don't – Probably, I probably did a, tried a bunch of different things, to yeah. be honest. Like, I was, I'm always trying different things. Self-experimenter. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's talk about your book for a second. So, tell people, like, what, just, like, what it is. Sure. Um, 
So it's the 21 day ketogenic diet weight loss challenge book. Um, it's available on Amazon. Um, and it's basically like a kickstart into keto what it is. Uh, and it's more of like a, to give you that 21 day challenge. Um, Mm -hmm. I have an online 21 day challenge program, which is, um, this is kind of what the book was built on. It's not like replacing it, but it's just a different version of it. The online challenge, you, you work one-on-one with me Mm -hmm. throughout that 21 days, um, versus the book you don't Mm -hmm. (laughs) but so like the first half of the book is just talking about keto and there's like an exercise chapter like exercise you can do at home and then there's um chapters on like we talked about sleep stress management mindset different tips and tricks to kind of get into all of that rather than just focus strictly on the nutrition part of it Mm -hmm. um because like i said that's a huge part of it um, and then the second half of the book is over a hundred, uh, keto low carb recipes. So, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any like most popular recipes from that book you would um, say to keep your eye out for or a well, favorite yourself? My favorite is the, my, my always, it's always my favorite, the Buffalo chicken pizza. Um, oh. I have like a pizza, three different pizza crust recipes in there. Um, one is like your traditional like fathead keto uh-huh. pizza. The other one is nut free, and then the other one's dairy free. Oh. So you have kind of. I tried to hit like. All What's the, the base of the dairy free one? Uh, it's almond flour. Okay. Yeah, just not. Yeah. Not not like cheese uh-huh. and stuff. Um, that sounds good. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to make that. We should yeah. have pizza night. Yeah, for sure. I want to oh, make God, a I love pizza. pizza um cool awesome <laughs> remind everyone where they can find you um so i'm killing it keto no g just killing it on uh instagram and that's my website killingitketo.com and yeah yeah in the book yeah all right thanks cool thanks for having me <laughs> Thank you so much to Rachel for coming on the podcast, sharing her knowledge and her experience. I really hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Make sure you send her some love. You can find her at killinitketo.com and on Instagram at killinitketo. You can also head to the link in the show notes if you want to check out her most recent program, Killing It Fat Fueled, to transition your family to high fat low carb way of life and you can find her book on amazon all those links will be in the show notes if you enjoyed it make sure you leave a rating and review on itunes spread the word share the episode and make sure you hop on our facebook group wellness realness podcast tribe i would love to have you there that's going to be it for this episode i hope you have an amazing day and i will talk to you again next time bye